Warning, this podcast may contain bad language and content that some listeners may find offensive, particularly if you've already offended us. Well, I, I would say that some people have been offended by us. Yeah, same difference. Uh, we're here to put it straight, or well, straight as we can, with the minimal research. Oh, I thought you were going to say with your flamboyant sexuality. It was an easy joke to make. And, and I, one you left on the table. Yeah, but I feel like it was too easy for you. You should be ashamed. That also sounds like the uh, title of your mother's sex tape. Welcome to Seesaw Podcast. With T, Cleves and Selena. Each week, offered up a blurry perspective on life. Hello and welcome back to Seesaw. We are back with Selena. Hey, I'm back for all the uh, serious stuff again. We will keep doing that every next time. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, see how it goes. Yeah, I mean, for what's worth, we can't insult people more than we already have, apparently. Mm, let's let's not make that claim now. Yeah, I'm thinking like, <laughs> receive more feedback. <laughs> Speaking of feedback, let's start with your Selena. Out of the last few, have you listened to any? And do you have any feedback on Seesaw? I feel like I'm in trouble. Um, I haven't listened to you guys for weeks. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I need to catch up, and I promise I will. However, I have checked out your your new fancy website. Very, very professional. I, and I was going to get on you about the accessibility, but it actually seems accessible. So I can't complain. I haven't yeah. noticed anything wrong with it yet. Well, T built it, so if he, can't, if he can find his way around it, then... The, the only problem with accessibility is you can never account for every sort of rendition of screen reader. Windows Narrator works fine, and I assume what you used, Selena, was working well. Um, but you never know. Someone will come across with Supernova from 2005 because that's the version they have, and it will just go and not read it. So we'll I use see. Supernova still. <laughs> <laughs> I'm <laughs> probably the only one who does. I'll test it out with my my supernova, which isn't the latest version. I assure you, if it ain't broke, it's not so much if it's broke. It's who wants to pay eight hundred pounds for every new version. Oh, I don't think it's that expensive anymore. Anymore, anymore. 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 It still implies that it was at one point. Anymore. For many yeah. years, it was. Yeah. Well, we do the base of our research, and we'll cover that in this week's episode. Yeah, this week's episode is uh, going back a few episodes now because we were going to do it at the time, but then we had other stuff lined up and we decided rather than going straight back to the feedback, we'd just take a break for a month. So we queued a load of stuff up, took a break, and now we're coming back. And we're yeah. going to address all the feedback from the... Episode 75. You've had it too good for too long. I think it was so good for so long. Uh, it's the same central title, isn't it? <laughs> So, before we get into that, does anyone have any quick blind news? I got none. Mm, no. I no. forgot about a... that as well. I'm so out of practice. Don't worry, it's been a running theme of the last few episodes that me and T come with no quick blind news. So <laughs> that, that's become more of a segment, in fact. The fact that there's nothing there. Um, yeah, this episode, I've not done any preparation or anything, so I'll just be like you guys today. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay um so it relates to the episode about the benefits where people were migrating from legacy disability and sickness benefits over to universal credit and we got a lot of well we got a 
some, should we say, bad feedback, negative feedback on the show. And this is what we're going to address now. There was a fair amount from a few people. People wrote a goddamn essay. But you know what they say? People who can write that big response maybe have got too much time on their hands. But <laughs> Wow. Already. Okay. Let's kick off with the first point that was made. I'm going to say towards us rather than against us. We were deemed to be appalling, incompassionate, spell I-N, space, compassionate, not a real word. I looked it up, uncompassionate, and unfeeling. I can kind of see where people would get that, but if I'm being honest, I've listened back to that episode today, and we were pretty balanced. My first question is, did you actually listen to it back? Yes. Okay. You said it with confidence. I believe you're on this particular point. The fact that we are uncompassionate and unfeeling, I can imagine that that would come across a little bit in the sense that we don't really empathize with the plight and we're more about the, yeah, it's happening. This is how we can get around it or this is how we can make the best of it. We're, we're not wallowers. Selena, I don't think this was particularly aimed at you. Like You came off like the least scathed by this feedback. So what are your feelings on on this? Um, I'll defend their spelling because they probably use dictation to write the, the comment. So I'll, we'll, we'll let them off on that and not, not slate them even more. Well, they probably uh, would have said incompassionate rather than uncompassionate. <laughs> I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. But no, obviously everyone's entitled to an opinion and not everybody's going to like what other people's opinions are, unfortunately. Do you think we were appalling, though? That's a pretty strong word. It is very strong. I mean, not everyone can be your friend, so you might have been appalling <laughs> to that person. I, I felt like uh, you, you were saying that to directly to me then as well. No. <laughs> <laughs> You're absolutely right, Selena. At the end of the day, like we are not going to be everyone's like friend and ally in this discussion. I think that the, the terminology was a little bit strong. They made you take notice, though, didn't they, of what they were saying? That, that had that impact. Oh, that is a good point. Yeah, that's true. Well, maybe the reason they felt so strongly is, brings me on to my second point, feelings about the subject were running high and we should have tackled it in a more sensitive manner. It's not really what we do on this podcast. Again, it's more of a, if you want to, if you want to be sad and annoyed about things, that's fine. You can go elsewhere. We're more of a proactive. This is a situation where I don't think that the, the feedback was from someone who's necessarily aware of the show or the type of show it is. And there's a lot of podcasts out there, even in the disability community, who will be very nice and that they are essentially a safe place and that's absolutely fine but one of the reasons that we even started this podcast is because there wasn't a place for the blunt tough love side of things which some people need if you're coming straight into that episode without any context of how we are it is going to come across that way because we don't always have the sensitivity because Though I say it's being overly sensitive, which gets a lot of, it perpetuates a lot of issues and makes them drag out a little bit longer. Uh, Selena, thoughts? Were, were we insensitive? Um, probably some of the stuff was a bit insensitive, but I'm sure 
when I listened to it at the time back it was a lot more balanced than I remember us talking at the time (laughs) I thought it came out better than I expected um but I think it's very easy isn't it to focus on the negatives or something especially when you feel it's quite personal and direct at you it is easy just to, to latch on to all the negatives and think oh this is terrible and forget about the, the, the little good bits that we might have chucked in there yeah I think um a lot of the people that had this feedback were people that were negatively going to be impacted by this switch over so I think they just potentially felt a bit yeah exactly okay moving on to the next point lack of research yeah even i gotta hold my hands up here and go yeah, yeah we didn't research it we, we did kind of say i'm pretty sure it's in the podcast somewhere the original one where we say this is largely taken from an article by blah 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 the bbc yeah we do say that at the top of the episode like i said i listened to it back today for preparation on this and we say at the top of the episode that this is no way a comprehensive overview this is from the bbc article which is outlining the changes. So that was our source to go from. Could we research things more? Absolutely. But we're busy people. And the way I approach the research for the show is a cursory glance, what I would expect someone like myself to do over a morning coffee or on the bus. Like You don't have hours and hours to look into something. Could we have sat down and gone through all the changes painstakingly through all the paperwork. Absolutely, we could have done that. But I don't think any of us would have given the time to that or would have had the time to give to that. Our approach to it was based on what we would deem a reasonable person, the amount of time they would put into looking at the website on that occasion. Again, it's coming from someone that potentially has going or is going to be negatively impacted by the benefits. So maybe they have much more time to invest in looking at you know the the impacts especially if it's going to affect them you wouldn't hurt them for looking into it painstakingly but it's not affecting me so i'm not going to look into it it was more of a spotlight (laughs) it's more about (laughs) spotlighting it and sort of like bringing it to the forefront let me ask you these guys this though is a lack of research a valid point when we state at the top of the episode that we got most of our research from this one article i think it shows how damaging the media can be because if you look at everyday people would have just read that one article like we did and and then you you gain your your opinions from it and you know we made a whole podcast on it but there's other people out there probably thinking the same things we just haven't put it in a public forum if this was a nine-to-five job then maybe we would have done all the ins and out research and there are podcasts out there that if you want to know the painstaking ins and outs of something they do an episode a month and they will do entire research for that entire month when they have time. We do this weekly. I know what you're saying, T. We're all busy. We all have jobs, which kind of leads me on to this next point. I was just which thinking, is, you're all, um, I was just thinking you're all quantity, not quality then. You've just admitted. But, <laughs> <laughs> next point. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Some of the feedback were that we were biased. Firstly, because we all have jobs. But secondly, because we were kind of lumping all disabled people into the same category and that that it, okay, it was said that we thought or that the person that gave the feedback thought that we thought that all disabled people should work regardless of their disability, situation, age or education. Now, 
T, you've listened to this back. Do we preface this at any point by saying that is not the case? We don't infer that every disabled person, in fact, we do say we acknowledge that some people are incapable of working. So we don't blanket statement it. But it does come across that we are implying that a large majority of disabled people should be working. That's what I genuinely think as well. And it's not the fact that I'm insensitive to disabled people. I genuinely believe that people can work. It's, it's, it's the I don't think that's a bad thing, having a belief in someone that they can they can work and they can do things. I don't think disabled people should be viewed as these people that can just sit at home and claim benefits and do nothing. I think that's a bad way to look at things. That's true. But if we loop it back, we maybe weren't acknowledging enough on the fact that it was hard for us all to find work. That's something we did not cover. So that is maybe where they're getting this sort of we're biased and maybe a little bit arrogant because we didn't flat out say, you know, it wasn't easy for any of us finding employment. We're lucky enough to be in it, but that's because we adapted and tried hard and did a lot of things to find that employment. That's harsh as well, because I'm sure there are others like that who are trying hard to find employment and because it is hard and they've just not found their job yet. So I think you need to recognise that there are other people out there trying, I suppose. Oh, look at me trying to be the good guy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you saying it's it's tough. Mm, it, it is, is tough. tough. But this was more along the lines we were just sort of pointing the camera more at those who aren't really trying. And mm, maybe I don't this think is... we made that clear though. But yeah. No, no. We probably didn't make that clear. Okay. Another thing that was brought up was that we used examples of people who work or retrained to get into work to basically prove a point, uh, which in turn puts other people with disabilities down. Now, I, for me, this was never the case. It uh, The point was not that, oh, if you haven't got a job, you're shit and you're awful. It's you can do it. It is possible. That was the point I was trying to make. Yeah, that, the whole retraining thing is a bit of a weird one. Because I think it's kind of a, a moot point to say that we use examples of people retraining and and basically branching out to find employment. Because I think that's a very valid point. I don't think writing that off is a, a cause to be upset. Because if you've been employed unemployed for a long period of time and what you're doing isn't working, you need to be prepared to change the parameters of what you're doing to then increase your odds. So us identifying that, and, you know, it can be hard, but there's people out there who will get their hearts set on something and they only ever want to do that, and it, it does make it harder for you. I think the feedback was, like, we use examples not only of ourselves, but uh, colleagues, and also there was a person that was working uh, in an Amazon warehouse as well that was visually impaired, and it, I think we, we were a bit too blasé about it and went, well... We're all doing it. These people can do it. Why can't you? Maybe maybe you're the problem. Thoughts, Selena? Appalling. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's... Okay, maybe a little bit blasé about it. Okay, maybe we were a bit blasé about it. And sometimes it is easy to forget how hard it was when you're not in that, that struggle. But at the same time, if instead of seeing that as a negative shots taken at you you then take it as a kick up the ass kick up the ass i can do something like i will show them then maybe that's another approach again i think that was i think that was 
at least my point going in that these people can do it. You can. It might take some time, but it's not impossible. Apparently, by speaking in this way, though, we came across as smug slash contemptuous, as if we were above other VI people. Now, I'm not saying that this wasn't the general mood of things, but from what I recall of the comments, there was a reference to you in particular here, Cleve, <laughs> having a lot of contempt towards disabled people. I'm not going to lie, I do have a little bit. It's directed at those people who don't try or are too willing to blame outside factors rather than look at themselves first and foremost. And this in terms of getting a job, that is. Because, I mean, getting a job, is that, that theme is strongly linked with the episode, isn't it? Let's be honest. We were basically saying that if you're going to get moved on to from legacy sickness benefits or disability benefits to universal credit, you're, you're essentially moving on to sort of a, a job seekers allowance, if you will. And maybe people don't like that because they're unwilling to get a job. I think that's kind of what I alluded to. And mm. to those people that are unwilling to do that, I am a little bit contemptuous of it. Yeah. But to the people that are trying really hard and just not getting anywhere, then, you know, I do actually genuinely have some sympathy for those people. But I, the point still remains if you're not, if you've tried really hard to get. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. A load of jobs and you're not getting them, then maybe you need to change something up. And that you can't just keep blaming outside forces on that. Maybe there's something that you can do to make yourself more employable. That was the point I was trying to make. Mm. And I don't know the site levels of the, the people that have given feedback, but I guess both of you are partially sighted and you probably do come at some things I've noticed from a bit more of an ableist background compared to somehow I would come at something with having no useful vision at all. And that's not your fault. That's just your life experience. Well, that so, is why we got you here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But as I said, they might be partially sighted as well. I have no idea. But yeah, I can get why some people might feel that about you guys. Um, but they might thought I was smug as well. I don't know. I'm, I'm just, <laughs> and I am a little bit smug about having a job, I suppose. I do feel quite, I don't know, smug about it. I'm quite proud that I've, I'm employed as a, a totally blind person. Um, I think that's okay to to feel like that. And I think that's okay because. As we've said, it is hard to get work. It is frustrating and disheartening. And I think if you manage to find something, it isn't because it's been given to you. It's because you have gone through that adversity. You've really pushed yourself. And I think you have a right to be a little bit smug about it because it's an accomplishment that you went up against a system and a culture which is stacked against you, especially you know the employment side of things. And to have success, I think you've got to be proud of that. We've never said that the employment side of things isn't stacked against you. We just kind of, or I kind mm. of alluded to the fact that some people potentially need to make themselves more employable to the market, meet, meet the market halfway, in essence. 
Following on from what you said, Selena, a point was that the content that we put out would be ableist if we weren't visually impaired. This made me laugh. And I believe the first thing I said was I just flipped on his head and said, it's like saying that would be racist if they weren't black, which is a complete moot point if the situation is how it is. And like you said, Selena, maybe it is because we have a little bit of a different perspective on things and maybe that can come across as ableist. But that doesn't change the fact that as a part, as when we are part of the community, we are coming at it from visually impaired individuals and we have gone through these issues ourselves. And to me, this comment just was a little bit stretching and maybe a little bit petty at trying to take a shot without any real backing to it. We are yeah. visually impaired. And so that's why we were discussing it. That was the whole point. But yeah, yeah. There's a degree of knowledge there from mm. not necessarily a. a it would be completely different if if there were non-disabled people talking about the subject. Yeah, yeah, that would be yeah. ableist. But yeah, it's not Absolutely. like they said it's not ableist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which again just sort of makes me think: just because it's something that's counter to their opinion doesn't mean that it's not a valid opinion. And that's what sort of I was like. Oh, okay, you obviously don't agree, and you you started to throw labels around so okay that there's no real value to what you're saying and i'm a firm believer that things like that can debunk an entire sort of like pros of arguments because it just came across quite petty and if i'm being honest at that point i was like i don't really find any of your other feedback valid now because you've just shown your true colors maybe a little bit and i'm like okay Take everything with a pinch of salt if you're going to reach for that. All right, moving on from that, it was brought up that we oversimplified the migration process from the old legacy benefits to the new one. So if we're going back to the actual process now, uh, maybe we did, but we didn't, as it's been pointed out previously, we didn't do a lot of research. Again, a kind of a moot point when we just used one article and if it wasn't in the article, we didn't know of it and weren't going to use it. Hey, but we said we were getting most of the information from the article, at least. Yes, we did at the top of the episode. So, I, I again, I don't really see the value in that that feedback. It was put that we uh, we I've put in inverted commas here alluded that moving to universal credit will get you the same amount of benefits essentially as your current legacy benefits. Well, actually, in the article, it said that the majority of the people that migrated would be better off. So based on the article, which we were basing the podcast on, we probably did allude that you would get better or more. Yes, but in the episode, Selena did point out that that was likely not to be disabled people. So what the hell are these people fucking talking about? So I think what this is referring to was that just because you're being taken off of incapacity benefits it doesn't mean that you're not going to be put on a benefit which is equivalent to incapacity benefits, but under the umbrella of job seekers uh, universal credit. That's what we basically alluded to. And I think this feedback is based on the fact that maybe the rates are different and maybe some legacy benefits don't exist um, within the new scheme and that some people will be financially worse off. And I agree with the point. But again, this would require research to go back and find all the numbers of all the legacy benefits and whether they have an equivalent in the new system and what those rates are and again research it, it I'm, i haven't got the time to do that i'm not doing that 
I think a point that we made in the episode as well is if you are going to be worse off, is this not a good kick in the arse to actually go out and try harder to get a job? You might think you're doing everything you can, but are you? Just to go back and look at yourself, it's, it's a holding the mirror up to an extent. Maybe, but as Selena pointed out, some people are doing all that they can and they might be financially worse off because of this. Okay, moving on to the next point then. One of the points was made that we didn't have a wide range of people to discuss the issue. I'll just call up 20 varying disabled people from different backgrounds, get them on a Zoom call, and then we can have a 20-hour conversation about it then. Do you not have them in your disabled index? Yeah, the problem is it's not an accessible one, so I spin it. <laughs> I from the ages, yeah. yeah. Either way, yeah, I, I think it's somewhat ridiculous to have because it's pointed out isn't it that disability even blindness is a spectrum but disability is a as a as a generalized term is a huge massive spectrum you can't have every single case represented on a on a one week badly researched half an hour podcast i mean are they upset because we didn't have someone who was mirroring their opinion well, this or maybe kind of someone who was actually on the benefit might have helped, but unfortunately, we didn't have that. We ain't got the just... time. We all work in Selena. God. <laughs> <laughs> Again, that actually it was a point that I've not written down here. That the the humor was to, I'm going to say, stab in the facey, as opposed to, oh, it's fun to have. Uh, we were we were basically just ridiculing people with better uh, on disability benefit rather than having a laugh with them. And I guess that depends on your sense of humour, but I can see how it would be construed as that. Yeah, well, yeah, you, you do have that disdain for the community, so your comedy is going to be grounded in that. It's not disdain, it's not disdain <laughs> for the community. It's a belief, if I'm honest. It's the same <laughs> for the people that don't try. Okay. <laughs> right, the next point. Well, this is kind of my points now, so I'm asking the questions. Do you just think people are too sensitive? Some people are too sensitive, and some oh god, it's just a boring diplomatic answer. Some people don't worry. I'll I'll use I'll I'll take whatever you say, Selena. Use it as an episode title and make it sound really controversial. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, some people are too sensitive. Some people would have felt more sensitive to this episode because they felt it was directed at them, and maybe we just don't have hearts. So I feel like you've got a bigger heart than I have. Like I say, I think you came out pretty cleanly from the feedback. I don't think completely, but... But, (laughs) no, uh, true. I do... Maybe it's just being a female. I think guys are just a bit sharper with tongues and stuff when it... Nah, that's a sweeping statement as well. I don't know. (laughs) I mean, I think that... I agree that, that some people are overly sensitive. But I think that... In particular, a lot of the echo chambers that happen online cause people to, it it just dials up their sensitivity to certain things to 11 because they have the echo chamber to enable them to be like that. And I'm not saying that uh, people didn't have the right to find some of the stuff that we said controversial or counter to what their opinion is. We, we invite feedback. At the end of the episode, we, we were always inviting the feedback. Like, there's no issue that we bring up that we do not want people to come to us and give us their opinion on. But 
Do you feel that people just can't get past the initial anger slash annoyance though? Like they're, they're just, they're initially annoyed by the point, but mm-hmm. that's what they focus on as opposed to maybe digging a little deeper and perhaps realizing that we were making a point. Well, yeah, but that point's different to theirs and they have people who would agree with them. So why do they need to recognize our argument? That's internet culture. <laughs> Sweeping statement. Well, no, it's all tribe, them. <laughs> tribe versus tribe, isn't it? That's a yeah. lot of internet culture. Like we we are not in their group, so or, or based on that thought process and circumstance, so therefore we are wrong, unless we're agreeing with them. My next thing on here is that potentially the feedback that we got didn't address the points that we were making, which was if you are having to move to universal credit and you are going to lose money, why not try your best or do more or find ways of doing more to get a job? Are charities really doing enough to help people with disabilities get into work, particularly if you're having to move benefits and you may be losing out? And lastly, is it so bad to have to retrain or work limited hours? When it comes down to what charities are doing, I think as we raised in the episode, it seems like the charities are just kind of fanning the flames, sort of grab you, your torture pitchforks, let's go, like we can't stop, we can't let this happen. Whereas we addressed why aren't they being more proactive with it and sort of putting an arm around the people who do need the help and going, okay, these are the realities of it. Let's help you. What are you doing at the moment? How can we change that to make it so that you are more employable if you are looking for work and capable of work or how can we work around things to financially support you so i have noticed i said recently um i think r and i are working in conjunction with blind ambition i don't know if they're called blind ambition but i always see the advertised blind ambition invites you to this episode of how to write a CV or how to be more employable, or how to use LinkedIn to find work. And I've definitely seen those advertised, which is kind of quite of a new initiative, I think, for R&IB. That That's one little thing I've seen them doing. Anything else with regards to, to helping you get back into employment, I don't know. I think my, my issue with the charities is there doesn't ever seem to be any positive policies out there trying to address the issues it is a lot of their campaigns work is sort of like countering things that will negatively affect people which again they've got to do that i always said in the last episode they've got to be the advocate but when you think of that the other stuff that they're doing where are the the comprehensive employment schemes like the sort of thing the job center do like where are those for the disabled mm. community there might be some out there but if i phoned up rnib tomorrow and said can you help me find a job are they going to put me on a work program to help me with all of this stuff or is it just going to be a link to some webinars and then just leave me to it mm-hmm. then it does need to be more out there definitely and i've just remembered as well rnib have their trainee grade scheme which i guess is like their apprenticeship scheme so i suppose they'll be saying that's how they're helping visually impaired people get into work I think Thomas Parkinson Trust have a similar scheme but what I don't see are, are like graduate schemes because there are a lot of a lot of intelligent visually impaired people out there who do have degrees um, who don't need to start at the bottom and could very well um, start higher up charities aren't supporting that absolutely and maybe 
yeah, I'll just throw that out there. And maybe some of these charities should be hiring the disabled people they are representing in the space or supporting in the space. Yeah, just throwing it out there. I'm going to maybe hire some vision impaired people once in a while. Wow. Guide dogs are just as bad. So let's not just oh, stop yeah. Andy and let's stop them all in. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay, so my last point on the negative sort of side of things is do you think that the feedback that we got was largely based in this sort of social media culture of, oh, it's it's going to be bad for disabled people. So let's just all talk about how bad it is as opposed to coming up with positive solutions. 100%. It, it's, like I said, it's, it's tribalism, it's echo chamber. And all the time you have people behind you agreeing with you, like people like a moan, but there, there, there's got to be some tangible positive things to come out of it. Selena, did you, did you feel that the uh, feedback that we're talking about today was justified? Some of it, they had a point here and there, but I think it's a shame that all of the feedback that we kind of received was quite negative. And I think when you see that that feedback in full written, I'm sure there might have been some people that thought similarly to us, but would be far too frightened to air their opinion on there because they would get attacked by these people and shot down by having a different opinion. I hope it's a very good point. people that were on our side. Okay, well, next week we're going to be talking, based on this episode and the previous episode, tips that you can maybe help yourself in getting a job. Like tips, maybe things that you can do to make yourself more employable as a person, which, Selena, you need to catch up because I need you to come and slam us a few, a few weeks down. I'm just laughing at this. I, don't, I think they'll be laughing. I don't know how well that's going to go down with people. Now you're getting on your high horse telling them even more about what they should be doing. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, that is a point well received. I didn't really think about that when doing it. But again, my my overarching point was, like, if you're having problems getting work, maybe these are some of the things that we did to, for us to try and find work. And we're in work. You need to set up your own business of getting um, disabled people into work. You feel quite passionate about this, I think. I really, yeah. yeah. I'm, that's, yeah. With all these charities disappearing as well, it's definitely a market for it. <laughs> yeah. Until we get assimilated by R&IB at some point and shut down. That's when we cash in. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's been enlightening, everyone. As always. Um, and yeah, I will. I need to listen. I don't know how many episodes I've missed now. Probably four or five to listen back and give you some lengthy feedback on those because we, <laughs> <feedback>. <laughs> we look forward to it okay so until the next time keep it balanced thanks for listening to the seesaw podcast you can find us on twitter at seesaw pod facebook reddit instagram and youtube at seesaw podcast you can also email us at seesawpodcast at gmail.com. Like, rate, review, subscribe, and then you can also find us on TikTok, but get us on all the other places. This podcast was recorded in front of a blind audience.